You're listening to the Multiverse Fancast, proud member of the Misfit Faction Media Network. All right, then. On with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Multiverse Fancast. Don't forget, if you guys are listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, basically anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also find more of our content on our website, themisfitfaction.com. There you'll find links to not only this show, but some of our other shows like Cinematic Adventures and MF Uncensored. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Paul, and we have a special episode today. We are doing something that we have never actually done before, and that is a video game retro review series. And if I'm going to do something out of the ordinary, I need somebody that's extraordinary. And today we have guest starring from BlindBat8719, the YouTube channel, is our good friend Brendan. Brendan, how are you today? I am doing awesome after that introduction, Paul. Oh, I put a lot of thought into it. I put a lot of care into it. And I don't really like you that much. I mean, what? (laughs) (laughs) But no, thank you, Brendan, for coming in. So it's funny. I've been doing, you know, podcasting for a long time, and I'm a huge nerd, as you know, everybody knows. But we have not, on this show, really tackled video games. Nope. And for me, like, I, I have always been an avid video game player. I, you know, I have a PlayStation 5 sitting over there. I, I beat Spider-Man 2 in, like, a, a week, probably less, and I was taking my time. That beats my record. I think I did the first Spider-Man game in, like, a month. <laughs> I will, well, we're, we're going to do an episode. One, Brendan just got the PlayStation 5 and Spider-Man Woo-hoo! 2, so as soon as he finishes that... Thank you, wife. Yeah, thank you, wife. Thank you. Happy wife, happy life, all that. But uh, when he's done with that, we'll do another episode. And he'll, I think he'll say the same, that the first one felt a lot longer than the second one. Okay. Very strange. And they, they claim it's about the same time. It wasn't. I was, I was finished pretty quick with the second game. But anyway, so we, we were talking about what we wanted to discuss while we had some time. And Brendan brought up, you know, they just released it on the Switch, the Arkham series. Mm-hmm. Probably the definitive superhero franchise in terms of video games now there have been some very good superhero video games and there have been some really really bad ones yeah unfortunately the bad ones tend to outweigh the good ones which is sad unfortunately but again it's like it's one of those things with adaptations like again like how many bad superhero movies are there mm-hmm. versus the really good ones yeah but arguably the Arkham series set the template for the modern superhero video game to the point where there's jokes that they really should have copywritten their combat system. You're right. They really should have. Because Luke talks, speaking of Spider-Man, very similar. I mean, it fits Spider-Man's play style maybe a little more appropriately. But you're like, yeah, I've done this before a lot in Arkham. Yeah, it's 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 a little jarring sometimes that a lot of games tried to copy the formula from the Arkham series, and it's it's crazy. The first game came out in, what did we say, 2009? I think it was 2009. 2009, the first Batman Arkham Asylum comes out, and nobody knew it was going to be a behemoth of a game. Well, nobody was expecting because I think the last Batman game was, what, Batman, the Sun Tzu or something No, like they, they did Rise of Sun Tzu, yeah. which was based on the animated series. They did a Batman Begins game. I remember. I actually did play that. I liked that. And it wasn't bad. Yeah, it was um, fun. It was all right. I, I'm pretty sure. I think they even got Christian Bale to do the voice, which is even funnier. <laughs> uh, worst Batman voice, but anywho. So you got this game. And like until then, it was actually Spider-Man 3 
or excuse me, Spider-Man 2 that everybody claimed was the greatest superhero game of all time. I, it really was. It made you feel like you were actually Spider-Man swinging through the streets of Manhattan. You got to do the loop-de-loop around the train and everything. And you got to deliver pizza and save balloons. Uh, oh my goodness. <laughs> I love that Easter egg in the, uh, the, Spider-Man, the Spider-Man on the PS4. I love that Easter egg. Oh yeah, there's some good ones. But uh, it wasn't until Arkham Asylum that a game actually challenged that status quo. Because up until then, I'm trying to think. Batman and Spider-Man were really the definitive superhero video game characters. The only exception I would say, I mean, yes, I, I agree with you, but I would also add in so X-Men, I think, had a lot of good games as well. I'll argue that X-Men had a better run on Sega Genesis and PlayStation 1 and 2. Oh, yeah. No, I'll give you that. Because I think the only other games that were coming out with X-Men, I would argue, would be you had the Capcom, the Capcom fighting games. Mm-hmm. So that, that's what they were shown in there. And they did, I think, X-Men Legends. I think the PlayStation 2, so you're right. There, yeah. there was... Well, there was also an X-Men fighting game. I forget the name of it, but it, was, it wasn't too bad. A Mutant Class or one. I remember having them. Mutant Academy or yeah, something. Yeah. They did too, I think. They did, yeah. But that was also the time that the movies were coming out because you can unlock the movie skins, yes, which yes. was a big thing. But uh, there was also the, the top-down four-player cooperative games, X-Men Legends, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Yes. Like, I, I really wish Marvel Ultimate Alliance got a remaster. I would play that. It, it the was only, so good. It was fun. The only gimmick I didn't like was that if you just did, or maybe it was more of the X-Men ones, but were like, if you did the Age of Apocalypse skin, didn't matter what character you used, they all got a pump. And I'm like, that's eh, kind of yeah. cheesy. But uh, so like there was a really weird wave of superhero games where it was pretty good. And now, unfortunately, like Spider-Man's got the, the mantle. Yes. We'll see what happens when Wolverine comes out and they oh, have a yeah. Blade game coming out. I heard Midnight Suns was very good, but it wasn't everybody's cup of tea, just play style-wise. It was, it was card-based. Or... Yeah, so I've, I've been meaning to try that one out, and I, when it first came out, I didn't realize it, it was PS5 exclusive for mm-hmm. like a few months, so I've been meaning to try that one out. Yeah, and then you know you had some crappier Like, as bad as it was, I did enjoy the Avengers game, and I was oh. excited to play it when I finally got it, but it was just a micro-transition, play-to-win, terrible grinding system, and very repetitive. Yeah, I heard some stuff like that. I'm like, I just, <laughs> I have a hard time now trying to find time to play games. I still have my own personal backlog of working through. So if I hear something like that, that's what the game's like. Like, yeah, I'm checking out. Yeah. So let's go into this game system, though, because it is prob. I will say it is my one of my favorite series of all time. Even, even Arkham Knight, which fell short in some regards. It's still, they're all super enjoyable. We're also going to talk about Arkham Origins as well. I, well, I think they got, did a great, great job of getting the right balance between action and stealth. The stealth is harder, but I think if you pull it right, it's much it's much sweeter. I was watching videos on, on YouTube of people who had spent hours figuring out the best way to do those stealth missions. Oh, yeah. And when they do it, they're like, they get it done in a minute, and you're like, that's how Batman would do it. Not my clunky, all right, I take out two guys, and I'm fighting the other eight, because yeah. that's what I'm good at. So let's, let's talk about what like the common themes throughout the series. And then we'll talk about each game individually. So obviously you're playing as Batman for the majority. There are some, like a lot of the side characters are there, Robin, Nightwing, Batgirl, and they are playable in certain regards in the later series. You could do challenges with them, the challenge maps, which are either combat or stealth. And they each, like there's a ton of skins and characters and mods, DLC, where you play as like Batgirl in one of them. You play as Jason Todd, you play like, so it's, there's a some playability. Uh, it is a shame they never did co-op with this game. That would have been that would have been fun. But I, yeah, but you're right. The main play with this one is that you are playing as Batman, so that makes it when the times happen, you play somebody else, which to a great dramatic effect. You're like, 
wait, what the heck? Okay, this is different. Well, I love in the, I think it was Arkham Knight that they introduced the switchover, where you, if you're fighting like Batman and Nightwing, yes. they would actually switch with, you could switch between them, they could yep. do dual takedowns, it was really cool. But for the majority of the first game, it's just Batman. And I think it did a great job of making you feel like you are Batman. I think the story was written by Bruce Tim or Paul Dini. I think it's one of the, I know one of them had a hand in it. They were also able to get the, the iconic voices of Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill in the game. So as a kid of the 90s who grew up watching Batman the Animated Series and all of the stuff that Kevin Conroy did, to be like, this is the first thing they felt like they made a game where you're like, yes, I'm Batman. I'm here. I'm stuck in Arkham. And now I have to try to, you know, stop the Joker from doing his plan as well as stop everybody else from doing their thing. Like, yeah, it just, and it, it did the different things they threw in the Detective Vision, for example. So let's talk about Detective Vision. So that's another thing that's become a big staple of games, you know, the kind of altered vision. Mm-hmm. I found myself using Detective Vision almost as, almost more than a, the regular standard vision. It gave, gave you so many more advantages where you're like, oh, hey, I could see, there's something I didn't see before. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that's where I should be going. This was one of the first Batman mediums, besides maybe the animated show, that showed his detective skills. Yes. And it was a big part of the gameplay. Like, you know, you'd have crime scenes. You'd have to put things together. Especially once you get to, like, Arkham City and Arkham Knight, you had a lot of side missions. You know, like, they did the Hush storyline yep. with Thomas Elliot. Or not Thomas. Yeah, Thomas Elliot. Yeah, Thomas Elliot. But I, I always found myself using the detective mode way more than just unless you were in a fight. I feel like I was always in detective mode. You know, I, I think no, I think I tried to. I I, try, I sometimes did see it as cheating, but again, it's a helpful tool. And like you said, I think having those investigation like side quests, really, like that made you again, it made you feel more like. How, this is how Batman's typical night goes. He's working on the main storyline, mm-hmm. but then, you know, oh, hey, somebody just ran over somebody. Let me figure out, you know, okay, let me take some paint samples from the clothing and figure out, okay, this is from a Model 92 Ford F-150, you know, that's from, you know, it was painted back in 1992 from this motor company in Gotham from, you know, Acme Paint. Yeah. You know. So they also did a great job at making Batman exceptionally vulnerable, especially when gunfire was involved. Like, you could not fight guys with guns in any of these games. No, that it, you definitely hit it. You, the, with the combat flow, you probably spent more time dodging, but as you upgraded your gear and you got better at the game, you knew, oh, hey, that's the guy to kind of beat up first, or at least, and then as you got better in the game, you broke the gun. They had bits too where there was a gun safe nearby or a, a gun and you crate. could booby trap it and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about some of the gadgets. They had... Some very iconic gadgets. And ironically enough, they keep the gadgets pretty consistent throughout the series. I think, yeah. I think the only biggest change I remember was more like, I think the grappling gun changed slightly from the first to the second one because the grappling gun had an upgrade in the first game where you had to pull down like three things at once mm-hmm. but when they went to Arkham City they got rid of that and I it was just one they, at a time yeah they, they changed it to something else but I, when when you think about it it's like well yeah you got rid of that type of puzzle where you needed to knock out three things at once so yeah you, that makes sense yeah you had like the standard batarang you had the remote control batarang which was way more puzzle based like yes. you were using that more for like Riddler trophies which we'll talk about too yeah and then you had the so, the one, the one that was uh, two lines, you made your own little rope line in one. The, the you, zip line type deal, yeah. You can jump uh, on top of. You got freeze grenade, a freeze blast in one of the games, the explosive gel, yep. the electric gloves in just Origins. Oh, yeah. And then a couple of others, but for the most part, like. 
And just to well, kind of ta- jump off of the gadget thing, that, just to talk about it because they made a great use of it, was the fight in Arkham City with, with Mr. Freeze. That is considered probably, that is considered one of the best boss battles in video game history. Yeah. That- because it's so different, it's so unique. And so for those of you guys who aren't sure what we're talking about, there's a fight with Mr. Freeze in Arkham City where you can only attack him the same way once. Yep. So like one time you could do a stealth attack and then one time you could do like a booby trap or one time you could do the explosive gel, but you had to do, you had to attack him different ways each time. It was the perfect utilization of all the skills that you have learned up until that point. Yeah. And I think what's also great too, is a lot of times with, with games like of this type, you would just use like, Oh, there's a big tree of things you can use, but you're only going to use two or three things every fight. And so now this force you use like, I'm not used to doing like vent takedowns or using the explosive gel to take out a guy and be stealthy and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So it forced you to like, I never used this tool before. How does this work? You know? <laughs> yeah. I was a big fan of it. And uh, let's talk the story though. The story of, of the Arkham series is fantastic. The first story is very, the first one is very simple and you could definitely tell they did not plan to franchise this at the time you, you definitely with the way the first one ends do you want to talk about the whole story like the spoiling stuff right now yeah the, these okay. you know now people are playing the trilogy on the switch which was spoiled when they accidentally released the robert pattinson bat suit oh okay they accidentally sent it live and then they're like oh no 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 that's not it and so yeah, with making the choice to have the Riddler what looked like die in the scene, and it, it, it take that much toxin, you're like you mean the Joker? I said, oh, sorry, I didn't mean the Riddler, the Joker. Yes, I've uh, had the Joker take that much toxin, and like, oh god, okay, I guess he, he bit it this time, you know. Ironically, that was probably that's the weakest boss fight in the entire series, <laughs> like in the entire game. Um, I won't say the entire series because when we get to Arkham Knight, I have an even worse oh, boss okay. fight, but. Yeah, so basically, the Joker, it opens up with Batman capturing the Joker. They're walking into Arkham, and it's a great, like, oh, yeah. This this game benefits from a great story. There, again, I think with, with again, we it is it, Paul Dini. It was Paul Dini, yeah. So Paul Dini writing it, and I think he drew on some influences of again, where like there is a story, there is a comic book where Batman is stuck in Arkham and he has to take everybody out. Kind of similar also to the Bane storyline where he's out running around trying to take care, you know, take back, capture all the bad guys and whatnot. But I felt like they kind of told almost like a classic Batman story where it's him versus his rogues gallery. Yeah. And, you know, it's almost like it's like wish fulfillment for fans of Batman. This should have been the Ben Affleck movie. Yes. It would have been great to see him wheeling Jared Leto's Joker into Arkham Asylum. Yep. And then suddenly Commissioner Gordon's kidnapped. You've got this barrage of rogues. And the thing is, do we need the origins for all of Batman's rogues? The general population knows who the Joker is. Yeah. They know characters like Two-Face and even nowadays like Scarecrow and some of the more obscure villains. But that should have been – it should have been the movie. And I, and I think also too like when you say about the origins of characters, despite the fact that some are more well-known than others, sometimes just that mystery of like how does Batman know the Calendar Man, for example. Mm-hmm. If you just have an interest, if you make an interesting scene of just the Calendar Man and Batman, you're like, you know, hey – what what's happening there? And I think that makes the world feel more lived in where they don't need to explain like, oh, that's Julius so-and-so, that's the calendar man. Like, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But so Batman escorts the Joker in because he believes that he, you know, let himself be captured. Yep. And we find out that there is a new version of Bane's Venom being formed there called Titan. And Titan is Venom on steroids, which is already steroids on steroids. <laughs> so the Joker's trying to get it. 
That's his big plan. And he kidnaps Commissioner Gordon, and basically that's more the distraction for Batman. And you're going throughout the entire asylum. There are some things like a scarecrow pops up a few times with the the fear missions, which yep. is fun. But and then you're you're dealing with a lot of the rogues gallery, and, which then, is, and then the Riddler has his little thing of like hunting down the different trophies, which is more to challenge. Oh you. my god, they definitely did not expect the Riddler trophies to take such a big picture because in the second game, I don't think I've ever gotten all the Riddler trophies. I think I went. I think I went for platinum trophies for PlayStation for all these things. So I got, I think, all the Riddler trophies. I did not. I <laughs> I lost all attention span. I got. I got enough that you were about to fight him as a final boss, but I've never actually done it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then obviously the third game, I think it's more of the Riddler races. Yes, with Arkham Arkham, uh, Arkham Knight, it's the races stuff, which is, again, they, that's one. Well, we'll get to that one mm-hmm. in a second. So we're, we're basically, so I think, so if you would say what would be the retro review grade, or the Arkham City grade, I guess, you would give for Arkham, Arkham Asylum? I'm going to give it a four. It is a fantastic game. It is. There's very little to, to gripe about, but I think the only reason it's not a perfect game is because there are other games in the series that are better. I'm just going to save some time and agree with everything you just said about that. I think it's four. Right, there's probably there's better games in the series, but as a first starting point to at least get to those games... This was awesome. I was very happy being just being on Arkham Asylum and just living out fantasy being Batman. Yeah. So obviously the game does phenomenal. It's still it's still listed as best, you know, best superhero video games categories. It's got accolades, it's got more more awards than you can shake it like a feather at. So two years later, Arkham City rolls around. And Arkham City definitely it raised the stakes. It yes. raised the scale. And they basically section off a part of Gotham City and designated as Arkham City. Yep. And you actually saw plans for it in the first game. Yes. There's yes. a blueprint. Yeah. So many Easter eggs. We can spend a whole episode just talking Easter eggs about these games. Mm. And they do a great job. But it is the it is an open world Batman game. And oh my god, flying around the city, even just a small portion of it, is still one of the coolest things ever. Oh yeah, yeah. It's the uh, again, the comparison before then would have been this a spy, a PlayStation Two Spider Man Two web swinging mechanic, and this is the one where you're like, wait, I can just swing, you know, fly around the whole city being Batman and never touch the ground once. Like, again, wish fulfillment all over the place right now, you know. And this game starts off same thing, very cinematic with Bruce Wayne. He's running for mayor of Gotham. Yep. And I do love the the line. I think Vicky Vale's doing the reporting, and mm-hmm. she's like, "Millionaire Bruce Wayne." And he walks by, "Billionaire." Millionaires yeah. are so nineties. <laughs> And or something like that. It's it's really good. We didn't even mention it's Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill. It is, and it is peak. Oh, it is totally is. And you know, it was just again has children of the nineties hearing those voices while I'm playing the game. I'm like, this is as good as it gets. Mm-hmm. I think really my only gripe with especially Arkham Asylum and then a little bit in this one is the characters are very they're very stoic. Like the they don't move. Oh, like he's really upright and like action figure esque. Very action figure. Like the Joker is a little bit more bouncy, but it's funny because playing Spider Man Two, they switched to motion capture for the actors. Oh, and it is when they do cutscenes, like they're moving, like they're moving and talking, and it's very realistic, which is sometimes a little jarring. But anyway, one of the weird technical things I learned about in this game, starting with the first one, I think they continued into Arkham City, was there were times where you're forced, like there's 
Batman's having a phone call conversation, and you find out from the technical side that was to de- delay the character from you know, the player from moving f- too fast, so they actually load the next scene mm-hmm. while Batman's on comms with Commissioner Gordon. I thought that was like an interesting like behind the scenes tidbit. Oh yeah, because there are no loading screens for the most part in this game. No, it's it's they're disguised. Yeah, well that's the same thing now. Spider Man Two. I I know I hate I hate comparing <laughs> still, but they got rid of fast travels now instant. Oh, so once you unlock not on fast- the subway or whatnot. Nope. No, oh. and even for the remaster, they took out the subway stuff because just the PlayStation Five was so much more powerful. Okay, but yeah, like if you do fast travel, it is immediate, oh, which wow. is wild. But so this game, you know, they've sectioned off this section of Arkham City for the inmates, and it's like this no man's land. Like Oswald Cobblepot has his like gang and stuff like that. Like Two Face has his other side of the property. Yeah, they it's broken up into gang factions and stuff like that. And Batman gets Bruce Wayne gets captured and yeah. infiltrates it. And we find out that the Joker is alive and well, but he's also very, not well. <laughs> no, no. More unwell than usual. And we find out that he's actually been poisoned by the Titan, and he poisons Batman with it. Yep. So that, you know, he needs to find a cure. And it's it's a really good game. And this, the story is Batman not only trying to uncover the secrets behind the city and why it's there, but also to find a cure for himself and the Joker. And I think it did a great job of... Some more like the more interesting characters in terms of like institutionalization with like Hugo Strange Mm -hmm. being one that's like one of those ones. Well, he's not beefy adversary. He's somebody who's one of the people that figured out who Batman was. You have I think Ra's al Ghul makes an appearance if Natalia does, and then they throw back all that history into the mid. And like it's like the where did you build a lair in the middle of the city like this? Out of (laughs) nobody knew about the League of Shadows moving in. But yeah, it was just so again the, the increase the change mobility around by adding in the thing. The, the game is bigger than Arkham Arkham Asylum was in terms of again we we've already talked about the Mister Freeze fight came in this situation. We had return of the Riddler puzzles, which got to be interesting. Is Asriel in this one? Oh, that was in the next that's one. Arkham Knight, I think. Arkham Knight, okay. But this is also the first game that they did Nightwing and Robin for challenges and DLC with game with further game story. Arkham Asylum had downloadable content that was just challenge maps. Yeah. And apparently the Joker was a playable character in one of them, only on the PlayStation 3 and Return to Arkham versions. So that's probably why I didn't know that, because I was at Xbox at the time. Ah, okay. But for this one, they did... You had Catwoman as a playable character in the story. Yep, yep. She also got her own challenge maps. And you also, like I said, Nightwing and Robin. And then Robin got a, a story where he has to rescue Batman from Harley Quinn. At the end. I do remember playing through that. Yes. And I did enjoy it. They had costumes for every character. The The animated series costumes were the only ones that were a little jarring sometimes. Yeah, because again, this went for a realistic look. It didn't really go comic book-y in, the, you know, like in a softer way. If, if, if anything, it went more realistic about some stuff. Yeah, so it was a little weird when you would change, like, because you could change almost all of them. And we'll talk about the suits at the end and our favorites and some of the ones that just didn't work. But yeah, I really enjoyed. I loved playing as Nightwing. Of course. <laughs> Robin was a lot of fun to play as, but Nightwing was, was my guy. Like, I would do the challenge maps. I would do challenge maps for hours. I really was only... The combat was the one I was more into the most. Yeah. That was... I, I, I The stealth stuff didn't really... Wasn't my forte. I just got too frustrated about, like, no, I, I'm not going to spend my time trying to figure out the best optimal way. One of the cool... Again, this, this is another game that had a lot of Easter eggs, and I think one of the coolest ones, because you were in Arkham, Arkham uh, Gotham City, technically... You're able to visit Crime Alley, and yeah. like that little montage, you go there and you just have like the way the you pay the respect. Like there was a little icon, you show up, like pay respects, and just the emotions you kind of felt like, yeah. oh wow, yeah. 
and might as well go to the end, I guess. So we'll, we'll breeze through the story for you. But again, he, get, he gets sick, blah, blah, blah. He fights, puts all the bad guys away. And then we have the face up, face down with the Joker. Or so we thought. Great and twist. That, and as you were saying before about detective vision, this is another mechanic in the game. If you do detective vision of the Joker before the final fight, you're like, hey, everybody else in the game has bones when you do this. When you look at their skeleton, there's no skeleton here. What's up? And then you find out the twist is it was Clayface impersonating the Joker. And then once you find deal with all that, you look at the Joker who is in a wheelchair with a needle coming out of his arm for an IV and just looks like death warmed over. He really does not look in good shape. So I'm going to give Arkham City a coveted five. It right. is a perfect game. Do I have a gripe with five, with this one? I I think maybe I'll go with 4.5 because I think at times it was just I didn't like I didn't like that it went as big in terms of the map being bigger. I think I liked that Arkham Asylum was a little bit smaller and everything mm-hmm. was a little more condensed. But you still four point five. This is an amazing game. Like this is one of those that you tell people like you must play this game. Right. You know if you want to have an open world experience or just an amazing if you want to play the best games of PS3. This is on the top three list. I would say absolutely. Now let's jump into Arkham Origins. A little controversial. Well, it diverted a lot. It was a different studio that made this one. We said it was WB Montreal as opposed to Rocksteady who made the first two games. It's a prequel. It's a prequel. Different voice actors. I think they got the the newer Batman and Joker voices. This it was uh, Roger Craig Smith plays Batman and Troy Baker plays the Joker. Troy Baker, yes. And yeah, this, and this did, so it was kind of cool having this the almost the obligatory early day visit of Batman where he is wanted by the cops. He's not friendly with Commissioner Gordon. And he's only had a year or two doing this. And, you know, uh, who were the villains back then, which were more mobster-based? I think Black Mask. Black was Mask the- is the main villain, and he's hiring assassins to get Batman. Which I think as a concept was actually pretty cool. Well, the trailer is fantastic. <laughs> yes. The cinematic piece between uh, with him fighting Deathstroke, Deathstroke it's, yeah. it still holds up it is so good and that boss battle is probably one of my favorites which is ironic considering what happens with deathstroke in the next game but uh, yeah brendan's like looking around like what happened because that's how forgettable it is (laughs) but like that was a great boss fight and just you have uh, bane making a a less baney appearance yes Uh, i think dead shots in it too i think it also was a christmas game i think it is it takes place on christmas eve yeah i think i'm not sure i don't remember if the other games had this but i know arkham origins had that mode where you you get one life beat the whole game on one life yeah i think that i I don't remember which games have that but i know that that's a thing i remember trying things i'm like that like that would be the most batman thing ever like so like you could save you could still save and restart your save if you you know pause the game fast and before you died yeah but i was like can i actually beat this whole game on and i think you had to do it on a certain difficulty too probably the hardest difficulty which and that's one of the things that going with the fighting mechanic why it works out so why a lot of people like it is that they basically gave Batman like Spidey sense. Mm-hmm. You know, he has a little blue battering over his head that you knew when a bad guy was about to hit you, and it turned red if it was something like you can't actually. So I yellow was dodgeable. No, blue was dodgeable. Yellow was uh, like a knife that you had to constantly dodge or or distract. Yeah. Then red was completely unblockable. You had to jump over that or something like that. Yeah, well, the big guys had that. But when you went on to the the, the darker, the harder difficulties like like New Game Plus and whatnot, they took that indicator away. Yeah. But the game was so good because you could see like you would you could actually watch the thugs. He's about to throw a punch. You can see him throwing the punch, and they gave you like just by watching the animations, mm-hmm. you could do that. Like you still be effective, and it was something that was again made you feel like you were Batman. Yeah. So I did enjoy Origins. It is not 
the best of the series. I think that has more to do with maybe the story and possibly a little staleness at this point. Yeah. But I would I would say probably I would give it a four. I still think it's a fun, enjoyable game. I'm gonna give it a three and a half just because I don't remember it too. Actually, I, you know what? I'll I'll go with the four also just because I do think that there are great story beats in it. Like there's a great scene between him and Alfred in the Batcave where Alfred's like convincing him not to go out and yeah. like it, it's 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 a different kind of. Batman Bruce Wayne. But yeah. let's talk about the last one of the series because we're not going to talk about Suicide Squad Killed the Justice League, which apparently is in continuity because at time of recording, it's not out. Yes. So we could speculate, but I'm good with that. <laughs> 2015, Batman Arkham Knight, the last official of the Batman series, yes. rolls around. And the hype was big because it also demanded the next-gen console. You yeah, could not play it on the 360 or the 3. Mm-hmm. You had to get a PlayStation 4. You had to get an Xbox One. This is That's the reason I got an Xbox One. Was it a launch title? I don't think so. I think both systems were out. Okay. But this was the first one where it didn't have the multiple system options. Yeah, no. I remember like, oh, man, I'm going to have to buy a PS4 now. Yeah, because <laughs> all the other games were compatible with both the current gen and the previous gen. Yeah. So, because that's a, that's a big gaming issue where games are coming out and... Console exclusivity is one thing, yes. right? Like Spider-Man's a console exclusive, you know, Halo, if you want to go back a little bit, that's one thing. But if you're going to do a multi-console system, a game, it's a big point of contention in the gaming community that, hey, the new system's out, let's make it just for that system. Yeah. Like it, it alienates a fair amount of your fan base because they just want you to buy the next system, which most gamers do anyway. Yeah, it, yeah. Eventually, you get there. Yeah, I mean, I still got to get the uh, the Series X at some point. But for me, the question was when PlayStation Five and Series X were out, which console exclusives do I want? And Spider Man was the only one that was currently available. Yeah. So I, I've been since since I got a PlayStation, I've basically been PlayStation for life. Mm-hmm. I have not dipped my toe into the Xbox waters at all, outside of maybe getting Halo for the my, my, my PC. I like Halo. I was a big fan of Fable when it was rolling around. I heard good things about it, but never played it. But yeah, same thing. Like there's nothing like yeah. I'll I'll try and go from there. But yeah. so Arkham Knight demanded the next gen console for one simple mechanic. Well, simple now, but one main game mechanic. Do you know what that is? Which one was that? The freaking Batmobile. The Batmobile's complex complexity. There we go. Yeah, complexity. Demanded the need for a higher generation. Had the had the Batmobile not been a part of the game, it would have been compatible with the current generation and the previous. Would have looked as pretty, though? Uh, the Batmobile is probably one of the biggest points of contention in the Arkham series fan base. The addition of it and the over-reliance on it. Most people did not enjoy the Batmobile combat. I, myself included. I did a playthrough of the game maybe a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. And... I hate the Batmobile sections. I think I'm in agreement that it's not my favorite part of it because I think what the games, if you're talking about like what follows through each game, it's the idea of swinging through the city as Batman. You're not like, yes, you see Batman with the Batmobile and all the comics and the movies, but you're, 
that's the you can he can drive wherever and he's going. I know it just feels like in the game, I'd rather just swing there, which I'm used to, as opposed to learning this new thing. And we've all played GTA driving. GTA driving is not great, and this is kind of up there because you know you try to accelerate, you always over accelerate, you never hit the brake on time, and you end up crashing the thing half the time. Yeah, and the problem was like if I needed to get somewhere far away quickly, then the Batmobile was a very fast option, mm-hmm. and it also directed you. Yes, that was really nice. But then there was like that. There was the one mission where you had to stealthily take out like ten tanks. Yeah. Oh God, I hated it. It was tedious, and the Batmobile would die very quickly against tanks and stuff like that. And you were just constantly bouncing back and forth doing the dodge. Yeah, because I think that's the other thing too is that it. It, it didn't have vehicle combat like Twisted Metal where you're driving a car and if you drove past somebody, you, you know, and you had to circle around. It had this le- tactical left-right thing that like did felt unnatural for a car, even a supercar like the Batmobile. Yeah, and that was also the final boss battle with Deathstroke was a tank battle. Yeah, I can, yeah that's why it's not as memorable. Yeah, but the story's pretty good. I do, I always laugh. It's, it's pretty good. I do laugh. Like, everybody's like... <clears throat> The Arkham Knight, it's definitely Jason Todd. And Rocksteady was like, no, it, we made this character up. He, he's not the Red Hood. I hated that. Oh, really? No, I'm sorry, no, sorry. I hated that they lied about it. Yeah. Like, you I know, get they want to try and keep the surprise, but. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, at least Dance, don't, don't outright say it's a new character. Like, I was really hoping that it would be a new character, you know, just because. Make your own claim about some stuff. You're yeah. like, you know, as a fan of Batman, you know you're making this for fans of Batman. Yeah, we're seeing this from a mile away, The Missing Son, okay? It's going to be Jason Todd, okay? You, could, you Why couldn't you just made it somebody else? Like, you throw it into the mythos somehow, you Yeah, know? and then, like, when they realize it, you know, it's like, oh, my God, it's, we're all like, we know. Yeah. But, I like, I did like they did, like, the flashback stuff and, like, you know, obviously, and also the Joker's dead. But he's in a hallucination in Batman's head because of the Joker toxin that's still in his body. Yes. And that's part of the story. The story's twofold. It's Batman dealing with the Joker stuff, and it's the Red... The Arkham Knight. The Arkham Knight and Scarecrow taking over the city, basically. Yeah. Batman does get unmasked during it, and he presumably dies if you do the full playthrough, but then he's actually alive. It's weird. But for me, like, the game is pretty good. I'm going to give it a three and a half, though. Again, I'm much more forgiving about stuff and when it's I'm gonna again to me it's a good game. It's a, it was a fun time. I'm gonna go with a four. It closed out the series nicely. I, I, to me, again, felt it. I, what I did appreciate is that they with every every ending and every story they went to where the next logical thing was. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, the Joker almost died. Okay, we did one fake out in the second one, but ultimately the Joker dies. Right. All right, and then Batman's sick, and where does it take the next logical thing? Yeah, I leave my legacy to you guys now, and I'm gonna take myself out because once you know who Batman is, well, I kind of got got rid of the evidence now, <laughs> in a big bang, no less. All right, so we're gonna close out the episode with uh, a fun topic. What are some of your favorite character skins? I really only have the one that I went so far as to buy a can of Nos Energy Drink because that was the only way to get it. Which one? The Batman Beyond uh, skin. Oh, the Batman Beyond <laughs> skin is probably the fact is, which is even better. It's the fact is that like the the animated show one is cool, but they made it so Arkham. 
which I thought was an, a night again. That's something taking something that I like and making it work in universe in your game. It had more of this mechanical look, like almost like a suit of armor, like closer to the Arkham Knight. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah, that's what a futuristic suit should look like. That yeah, was- I think there was just some clipping issues with the wings, just because they he didn't have wings. I it's think. the only well, no, he gets like oh, the little yeah. red ones, right, yeah. like from the show. But yeah, it's cool to have. I did like uh, the Batman vs Superman skin. The, yes, yes. They had the Dark Knight Return skin in there, but I, I think the Batman vs Superman one looked better. Like you, he had like the the brass knuckles in the gloves. Like nice. it was really cool. I'm trying to think some of the other skin. Like I think Robin had a couple of good ones. Nightwing had some good ones. Yeah. Catwoman had like the uh, the old school show ones, which yes, was funny. I always liked seeing that one. Yeah. I, I think the Arkham Knight only had two. Yeah. You could play as the Arkham Knight or as Red Hood. Yeah. And Red Hood's design was okay. Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah, it's a jacket with a red mask on. You know, I'm not. You know. It, it's been done better in other, uh, other yeah, things. I mean, I did think it was cool. Again, you could see like the night, like the '89 Batman. You're, you're like, this suit is definitely not made for this game. Oh, absolutely. I'm gonna look it up really quick. Some of the best skins. Let's see. We got you know, obviously you got the old school Batman gray one, the Dark Knight one. Yep. Oh man, some of, some of, the problem is some of these you can't even get anymore if you do a playthrough. That's true because some of the way they were they were exclusives or again it's been so long it's timed out. Mm-hmm. Trying to find like some actual just images, but it's got a little rough. The gray and blue one's pretty good. They did have like the more cartoony Batman be, uh, Beyond one. Yeah, yeah. Some of these are really good. They did a great job with the skins, and that's half the fun too. Like same with like the Spider Man games, just doing like the different costumes and all that. Yeah, but, no, yeah, but I, I will say, well, just about the Ted, but just with Spider-Man, I did think the new one that Sony came up with for the, you know, for the, you know, for their re-release was really cool with the white spider. I thought that was actually like it stands up there with some of the more iconic costumes, which is ironic because you look at Spider-Man Two and they cut out a lot of costumes. Well, like then again, there was also a mechanic. I feel like in the first one where they, if you when you unlocked a new suit, it had a new power, which helped. No you. suit powers in this game, in Spider-Man Two. All right, I'm not going to spoil anything else for me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, well, no. that's that's a gameplay mechanic, and but that's it's fine. I when they did the remaster, they added a bunch of suits, like uh, the Kane Parker uh, suit, oh, the okay. red and black one. Oh, it's so nice. <laughs> but that is going to take us to the end of our episode. Uh, it's nice, like this is a game series that pretty much, if you look at it, it's about a four and all the way around four yeah. and a half. Like there's even the the quote unquote bad ones. Are still really good. Yeah, it, if you want, yeah, this again is a this is a series that makes you makes you feel and believe you are Batman. You get to fight like Batman. You get to solve crimes like Batman. You get to swing through the city like Batman. And like, and again, there's a lot of a lot of fan service mm-hmm. that it, that didn't feel out of place. And if you know the stuff, like you, great, you get to enjoy it. You also get the the beloved voices of Kevin Conroy. And Mark Hamill in this game, which really do a big job of selling a lot of this stuff. Oh, absolutely. And it's something that, yeah, when I was like, I'm going to play this. And I'm like, I was like, wow, this is so much better than I actually thought it would be. Better than it deserved to be, too. So, I mean, again, you know, I just remember playing the demo. And I think that's what sold people. That when you got that demo and you're playing that first room of stealth. And then you're learning the, the combat. You get to practice. And you're like... Yeah, this I'm buying this. Yeah, but that is going to wrap us up, Brendan. Thank you so much for jumping in. Make sure you guys check out Blind Bat 8719 on YouTube, especially if you're Magic the Gathering fans. It's definitely the channel for you. If you guys want more of our content, themisfitfaction.com is the place to go. News, reviews, articles, and more. And make sure you check us out on all the social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, whatever it is. Just type in the Multiverse Fancast or the Misfit Faction. Odds are you'll find some of our stuff. But that is going to wrap us up for today. As always, I'm Paul. 
Paul. And I'm Brendan. And we'll be back in a flash.